Trigger warning, Death and Friends is not a podcast for the light of heart. Many dark and serious subjects will come up. Listener discretion is advised. They came to LA armed with lipstick, eyeliner, and naked ambition. Their hits were as big as their hair. What are you doing this time? <clears throat> I'm, uh, I'm doing the cold open. All right, thanks. Poison was Metal's party band, and everyone was invited. Then, there was Snake Bit by the Grunge Invasion. Are you doing behind the music? They were loud, lusty, and lucky. They were everything they ever you're, wanted to be. You're doing behind the music. Now the wild and wicked tale of rock's most loved and hated quartet. Poison, behind, behind the, the music. music. Pretty, pretty good, right? Just play the song. Welcome back, Skeleton Army. This is Death and Friends. It's me, Angel. And that ball of joy over there is Nash. Hey. What a cold open, am I right? You should be ashamed of yourself. <laughs> Nevers. Then I shall feel shame for both of us. Today, we're talking about an ancient and mysterious form of death. And a truly key component of modern history. It was the most common method of murder among the bourgeoisie and the people that wanted to be them. Poison. Poison, as a method of death, is old as all heck. Excuse my French. God. This topic is pretty dense. There's a lot to talk about when it comes to poison. We can't technically hit every single point in history, so today we're chatting about a very famous purveyor of poisons as a way to cover some ground. Please give it up for our girl, LaCosta. She's a bad bitch. Non-committal. CVS bangers. Before we get to her, let's quickly talk about poison. Poison has been around for... Hang on, let me check my notes here. Oh, boy. Got it? Hang on. It says here... Always. It's always been here. From uh, poison frogs to furry mushrooms and loads of things in between. Plus the semantics between what is poison, what's venom, you know, because, you know, when you you ingest it like a milk. How did humans learn to use poison? Well, at first, by accident. Then, over time, they eventually figured out they could do it on purpose and got much better at it. Archaeologists have even found in older tribes that they carried pouches where they kept poisons just in case. Ah, like pocket sand, only better. Yes. The cool thing about poison is that it basically invented science. Well, that's a giant generalization and an even sillier statement. (laughs) See, humans have been working on poison. Potency, lethality, speed, vigor, uh, etc. Like, it's the cure for cancer, which it basically is. But like a wise man once said, the only difference between poison and medicine is the dose. What cures you can also kill you, and poison was established as one of the more effective ways to kill people relatively quickly. And it becomes a favorite tool of Angel's favorite group of people. Don't you do this to me. Yes. It's rich people. You son of a bitch. Yes. <sighs> See, back in the day, poison was pretty easy to use and to get away with, quite frankly. Its applied use goes as far back as the Greeks, who preferred hemlock and aconite. Then there are more modern poisons, like arsenic. 
and Nickelback. Look at this photograph. You can't make me. Well, but do look at this here famous figure in history. La Costa. <laughs> what? No, no. No. No, no. Mithrates the Fourth. Backstory of Poison First, Nash. Thank you very much. Kind of sets up how being a royal has always been connected to death via poison. Okay, fine. So Mithrates is the king of Pontus and Anatolia in the first century BC. He is famous for trying to make antidotes or really to become immune to poisoning himself. He's kind of selfish like that. Rich bastard. Yeah. He figured out by taking low doses throughout a long period of time, he would eventually just become immune. He was known as the Poison King. His death was ironic, though. He died of poison, obviously. A shock to the system. No, he was stabbed to death. I'm sorry? After a bunch of losses on the battlefield, Mithrides enjoys a nice mutiny and gets removed from rule. Then, because he apparently forgot about his entire life's work, he attempts suicide. By poison. Which is how he died. No, he survived. He's a zombie king now. He'd be a lot cooler, but no, his technique worked. He's immune to the poisoning. Duh. He might have had some discomfort, but maybe he was fine. Maybe he was fine? He was definitely fine. Eh, some mud butt, probably. Maybe he gets a little high. Mm, hell yeah, dog. When he remembers that he literally did a whole bunch of shit in order to prevent himself from being poisoned, and thereby death wasn't waiting for him, he asks his guards to kill him, but not before he poisoned his entire family. So he's just sitting there with his dead relatives, yeah. as one does. Mm-hmm. And just leans over, like, to this guy, Jeff, who's guarding the dining room door. And he's like, hey, buddy, would you mind giving me a couple of holes with that sword of yours? The poison really took out his vocals. Or maybe that's just what, like, Jeff told everybody later. Jeff was like, oh, yeah, he definitely, absolutely, for sure asked me to stab him. Ha, 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 it's just wild. He definitely was like, stab me. <laughs> yeah, he was like. He didn't even finish the thought. He was yeah. just like, hey, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff was like, you guys heard it, right? Everybody heard him ask to be stabbed. That's what he was going to say if I had let him finish that sentence. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, the laryngitis was going to take him out, apparently, according yeah. to his voice. <laughs> anyway, that doesn't even scratch the surface on him. Pun intended. Jeff? No, Nash. Mithrates. Oh. oh. Okay. All right. right. Mithrates had developed labs all around his kingdom and used the knowledge of the lands he conquered to further his poison education. He also used human test subjects. Probably not with RARB compliance. Sure. (laughs) And he's widely known as the father of modern toxicology. Way to go, Jeff. You killed a trailblazer. He killed his entire family. Oh. Oh, oh, yeah. Okay. All right. Well... Makes you feel any better. One of his original recipes, not extra crispy, was a concoction which would eventually be called Mithratium. It was frequently cited as a cure-all and usually ingested by royalty and the rich and was widely known as being pretty complicated because it had like 8,000 ingredients in it. So many. It became the longest, most prescribed medicine of all time and it was still used into the 19th century. Meat. So, moving forward in time or backwards forward as long as you accept the concept of linear time never uh we are gonna talk about another former royal here we go you hear about this oh oh no you uh do you hear about this Angel. cleopatria <laughs> you said that wrong cleo cleopatra 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 
Cleopatra. Cleopatra, that's what it said. Famous Egyptian queen lady, real hot, just gets it on with a Roman dude, basically betrays her country. We're going to talk about her some other time, for sure. But she famously kills herself with poison after Mark Antony's death. She used asp venom from a snake to do it. What a pain in the asp. (laughs) Waka waka. She also took her servants with her. A recurring theme here, quite frankly. Oh, so she's an asshole. Jesus Christ! Let's talk about La Costa. <sighs> all right, fine. Let me get rid of all these other royals that are being poisoned, all right? Wow, you were not kidding about the connection between royalty and poison there. Hang on, I do have a summary page here. Hang on, let's see. Yep, here we go. And that's what I thought. Most royalty or people in political power were either poisoned and in some cases, uh, nope, nope, mostly poisoned. Yep. How does that sound both made up, but probably almost always accurate? I don't know. Hmm. LaCosta. LaCosta was the infamous Emperor Nero's personal purveyor of poisons. Yes. She was a bad mamma jamma. All right. She was well-educated. She learned the power of poisons in her native home of Gaul, which is modern-day France. She is sometimes regarded as one of the first serial killers in history, as she gained a reputation for killing, like, a lot of people, just in order to get good at the murder by poison. She decides, in her youth, to move to Rome. The big city, full of light and opportunity. If you can make it there, you're probably poor and capitalism is slowly taking hold. Rome on its way to being the greatest city in the world by shitty capitalistic standards. She had a niche skill and she wanted to make some money. And to satiate her bloodlust. Listen, she was good at it. She knew it. She loved it. She did find a lot of success by cooking up poisons for her clients who were mostly, and this is definitely not shocking, shitty husbands and politicians. Success is two things. It's about who you know and who you blow. And doing what you love. Or just doing who you know. She was often caught and sent to jail. And all of her clients were like, no, she's important to me personally. So they got her off. Rich bastards. This was a pretty common occurrence for her, actually. She would get away scot-free because it was essentially like an open secret of who she was and what she did. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) very old-timey bank robber vibes, yeah? Like, hey there, Lacosa, this is Angel with the Daily Conundrum. Got a message for the young kids out there? I do, actually. There's a lot of poison in your kitchen drawer and no one would notice. Jeez, lady, lighten up. And in three, two, one... What are you kind of... Ha! Wait, why do we even have that lever? Gross. So, how did this famous actual murderer become buddy-buddy with the most fucked-up family ever? Claudius, the guy who succeeded the mad emperor Caligula, was made emperor by the Roman Senate by quite literally not having any other options after everyone got understandably pissed at Caligula for raping their wives. Yeah, see, that's the abbreviated version. Caligula was just a real, Mm. just piece of shit. Piece of shit. Yeah, he actually went mad. Big Game of Thrones vibes out of this guy. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, he tortured kids to death for entertainment, even banished his wife, Agrippina the Younger. She'll be important later uh this shit plus hang on i got notes here Mm -hmm. one thousand other reasons led to his murder 
Claudius was described as disabled, something that would have led to regular people's death immediately, but luckily for him, he was an insanely well-connected baby by the nephew by being the nephew of the emperor, and he was also related to a plethora of other royals. See, Claudius was treated pretty, pretty shittily mm. by Caligula. He was most likely just a lanky weirdo teen who was trying to overcome physical disability. But when Caligula was murdered, Claudius was determined to be the emperor, due to everyone thinking he was a joke, a royal-blooded joke, albeit, that the Senate could manipulate. Here's the best part. Literally no one expected shit from them. Like, zero. They were like, we're just going to tell them what to do and they'll do it. He ended up becoming the greatest emperor that the Romans would ever have since Augustus. Have you ever had a shitty sandwich, but you're so hungry that you just keep eating it, but then you realize that the filling is delicious. It's just the bread that sucks? That's Claudius. (laughs) Claudius was known as a just merciful ruler. He pardoned his niece Agrippina the Younger, now the older, from her bogus charges and brought her back to Rome with her son, Nero. Oh, that Nero? Yeah, not a good look for for her, by the way. He managed to conquer Britannia, something Julius Caesar before him couldn't do. The people just loved him. He brought prosperity and expansion. He brought reform to the Senate, and he gave rights to slaves, and even had them put in his cabinet once they were free. Granted, the part where slavery was still a thing to begin with was still shitty. Yes. But one thing I will say that I do love about Claudius is that the bourgeoisie of the time hated him. Love it. Why? Because he limped. He had a stutter. Was overall seen as kind of a wimpy guy. He was seen as gullible and dumb. Basically, rich people gatekeeping based on ultra-macho bullshit. Doesn't help that his wife made him a cuck. Actually, she died soon after because, get this, she and about 200 other dudes thought that this beloved leader was an idiot because he was who he was because he was Claudius. A joke. An afterthought, if you will. But guess this, get this, word got out that she was going to kill him at a wedding that she was going to have with another man. Mm. Yeah. And uh, somebody was like, hey, Claudius, your wife's going to kill you. And he was like, oh, bet. And he kills her first. Ice in his veins, baby. Nice. So at this point, he could do no wrong, right? (laughs) Yes. Ha! Wrong. No. Agrippina the Younger, his niece, who was exiled with her son Nero, well... She wants to have the good life again. She tries to seduce him, and Claudius is down, baby. Wait a second, his niece. Yeah. Gross. Yeah. When they married, they played it like, yay, the royal family has won again. But everyone in Rome was like, that's gross. You're gross. That's gross. It's gross. It's gross. G-R-O-S-S. Gross. Her plan works. And uh, long story shorter, because... We're kind of overdoing it at this point. Uh, Claudius has Nero adopted officially. And then, boom! This is where our girl, mm -mm -mm, Locusta, enters the story. See, Claudius dies from a sudden sickness in quotation marks. (laughs) Making Nero the co-heir with Claudius' other son, Britannicus. So she's hired by Queen Agrippina to kill Claudius so that Nero can take over. In today's edition of Same Shit, Different Day, after Claudius dies, Locusta gets sent to prison for regicide but is basically immediately freed because the new emperor is Nero. How does she do it? Uh, Death by mushrooms? Death by mushrooms. She sprinkles some poison on his favorite dish, mushrooms. Why is everything at this restaurant swimming in gravy? 
Okay. Uh, the bri- <laughs> they bribe the server and the taster to give it to him. It is mild, maybe slight discomfort, nothing too suspicious. After he gobbles it down, he starts to, just to throw in some medical terminology, quotations marks here, not feel good. Cheese me no likees. Okay. Uh, so Agrippina attempts to induce vomiting with a feather, which is how they did it back in the day. But they are sneaky, and they lace the feather with poison. They knew that the taster might be there, so they made it milder. So then, when he needs to vomit, they put the feather in his throat. Savage. Some hot girl shit. Speaking of hot girl shit. Spontaneous combustion Dying comes and after death Comes decomposition It may seem sad and also gross But here you are and here's your host Not an actual doctor But It's medical Medical, medical Facts With Dr. A What just happened? (laughs) I didn't have a transition. So, medical facts. Here we go. The poison that was used to kill Claudius was made just for him. The poison that was used to kill Claudius. The poison specifically made to kill Claudius. Claudius's poison. The poison we specifically. It was a modified version of a common concoction that involved atrop belladonna, aka deadly nightshade. Other. Other names for deadly nightshade are as follows the death cherry the devil's berry and the beautiful death interestingly enough the same berry was used to kill emperor augustus by his wife there's a yeah i know there's a whole sea of recurring themes here so the alkaloids in the berry itself that's what freaks you out it makes you hallucinate so if you take a small little diluted bit just a little wee hoity-toity you can have a pretty nice high Alright, so long story short, your muscles get all wonky, your GI tract starts to fail, and you start sweating like crazy. Makes you hallucinate and lose your mind and your organs shut down. And boom, you're dead. Also, all of this happens within seconds to minutes. So you Mm. can start the happy birthday song and not make it to the end. Happy, happy birthday from all of us to you. We wish you... Oh, you're pooping yourself. Wow. Now that leaves Britannicus still heir to the throne, but just like his father, he's also stricken with physical ailment. It was an open secret that he suffered from seizures, something that Nero, like a scumbag, uses to his advantage. So, they're partying, drinking some wine. Britannicus liked his wine, chilled, cold maybe. Mm. So they added poison to the chilled water. See, that's how they would make their stuff go. They would get colder water and be like, bloop, and just pop it in there. They put it in the chilled water as opposed to the wine that would have gotten royally tasted. On some big brain shit. Mm-hmm. He had seizure-like symptoms, and it was played off by Nero. Then he's, Nero's just like, oh, no, he's just dealing with a seizure. No big deal. Leave him alone. Lacusta had warned Nero and Agrippina that the poison would leave him blue in the face. Obvious evidence of poisoning. The only drawback in making the murder look like a seizure. So they decide to bury him same day. Free delivery. (laughs) Amazon one day. Amazon poisoning and burial. Oh, boy. Amazon crime. Oh, well done. So they paint him a chalk to hide the evidence, but hijinks ensue because it rains that day. Washes away the chalk, reveals the truth. 
But here's the part I think people forget. When we say that royals kill each other, specifically in this case Nero and Britannicus, and also everyone from Game of Thrones, we picture yes. them like grown-ass men that have been vying to take the throne. In this case, Nero was 16, and Britannicus was 13. Lacusta didn't care, of course. Royals were just another client. And she loved this shit. Mm. And everyone knew this had Lacusta written all over it. She immediately gets arrested, as one does. And that same night, Nero comes to her rescue, of course. Lacusta got actual immunity by Nero that day. He had her open a school, multiple schools, actually. And between her and her students, killed thousands of people and got rich off of it. She lived the big life doing what she loved the most. Killing. Honestly. Yeah. I have no notes. Only with Nero could she thrive. He was a monster that loved the arts and could give a fuck about his people, quite honestly. And had anyone that either got in his way or simply not give him the praise he wants, killed. Lacosta did most of it if he didn't do it himself. <laughs> Which brings us to... Fun Facts with Nash. In case it wasn't already obvious, Nero was a bad dude. He gets married to a lady named Octavia. She's probably not nice, but it's fine. Whatever. Maybe she is. I'm not judging her. <laughs> he falls in love with, immediately with another girl, Popea. So he has his wife, Octavia, sent to die on a deserted island. But when she doesn't die immediately, because that's not how it works... He sends troops to kill her, and then has her head brought back to show his new wife, Papea. He's like, babe, look what I got you. It's the head of my wife from 10 seconds ago. You know, she's dead now. He gets Papea pregnant, and then they have a fight, and he kills her. He kills his pregnant wife. Just to reiterate, he kills his pregnant wife by kicking her in the belly. This is all rumors, but... Yikes. If that's a rumor that they're telling about you, it's not a good look. Later, after that, he tries to kill his mother like four times. And he wanted to make it look like an accident each time because that's what happens when you kick your pregnant wife to death. You really want the death of your mother to look like an accident. But she keeps surviving, so then finally he has to send troops to kill her too. So his mother dies, his wife, who was pregnant, that he kicked to death, she's dead. He goes crazy pants. He has Popea embalmed and gives her this like state funeral and mausoleum rites and shit. And then he finds a dude that looks like her. Vaguely like her. Just just a little. He has that dude castrated. And then he marries him and only ever calls him Popea. Luckily, Nero dies in 68 AD from suicide. Bummer. Couldn't wait one year. Nope. Nope. It was so close to being cool. Lacosta tries to lay low, but she was the French poison lady of Nero. It's kind, of, it's kind of hard to hide. We. Oui. She was one of the most powerful women in Rome, this random French lady who had gained so many followers, money, land, fear, most likely, yeah. was rounded up and was made an example of by Emperor Galba, Nero's successor. She was executed with many other of Nero's old friends, but of course, none of that matters, as she's almost more famous for the fucked up rumors that came of her execution, whether they're true or not. Gonna go ahead and add a secondary trigger warning here for sexual assault and rape. In modern times, Lacusta is not famous for all the death and destruction she caused, but mainly for her execution. Because rumor has it that she was put in a coliseum and raped to death by a giraffe. Uh, holy shit? Yeah. Uh, the other rumor, which is more realistic, but worse, I think, yeah. is um, that she was ravaged by troops for hours until dying of dehydration, blood loss, and exhaustion. 
These rumors appear as a way to demean, dehumanize, and scare women. More than likely, it was a man on his bullshit trying to put a woman in her place. So how did she die? She was marched down the streets of the city with a bunch of Nero's other degenerate friends. She was lined up and beheaded. And just like that, one of history's first serial killers meets their end, drastically forming a lot of history just for shits, literally, and giggles. Probably also literally. (laughs) And on that wild note, that's the episode. Thanks for listening, everybody. Remember to subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also follow us on Instagram and Twitter. I'm at It's Nash Flynn. And I'm at Gorilla Jokes. And of course, follow the podcast at Death and Friends Podcast. Also, thank you so much for listening so far. You're the best. And don't forget to uh, rate and review. That'd be super cool of you. And uh, more importantly, remember that you are loved. You matter. If you don't want to be your own friend, we will be your friend. And just like bed bugs, you can't get rid of us once we settle it. Okay. Uh, (laughs) Until next time, Skeleton Army. Love Love you. This has been a Knavery Inc. podcast. Go to knaveryinc.com for more details. Executive produced by Jacob Duffy Halbleib. Audio design by Dominic Guanzon. Themes and transitions by Amy Doe. The fuck is a knave? Remember this is a comedy podcast? Don't use it in your research papers. Hang on. Do you want to take that again? Because like in the middle there, you sounded... it? You muttered and you sounded German. You're like, and the poison was established as one of the most effective ways to kill people relatively quickly. <laughs> and and the favorite tool of Angel's favorite group of people. Germans. <laughs> the Deutsch. And poison was established as one of the most... The most... The most... You hear it now, right? <laughs> one of the oh. most effective ways. Death? Mithrates enjoys a nice mutiny and gets removed from rule. Then, because he apparently... Because he... (laughs) You got this, buddy. I didn't have my yogurt before this, so now my vocals are all fucked up. Oh, you didn't have your yogurt? That was the problem? That's what you're saying? I didn't have my evening yogurt because I'm a white person in her 30s. (laughs) Don't have an immune system, but I do have yogurt cultures. (laughs) Yogurts. Death? I almost said she used ass venom. (laughs) She did use ass venom. Shut up. She used. (laughs) Give me them butt squirts. (laughs) Death? Douche. I really hope he finds a way to put the noise effect we need. Because I like douche. (laughs) You just say the word douche. Just me going douche. Uh, No. Um, Yeah, we need a large stack of paper being dropped. Death? Eurobeat intensifies.